tis the season for asking people for money. No, it's not Christmas. It's pledge time. Something you probably already know if you're a regular PBS viewer, like most of us listening and talking on this show are. And we really do try not to do this too often. But the fact is that everything we do here at Televisions is only possible because of our loyal listeners and readers. So we're back to ask some more. If you like what we do, help us keep the lights on by making a donation today at televisions.org support. We'd like to think we're a good resource for you and for everybody who loves British television and culture, both on PBS and everywhere else. And we work really hard to find the information you need to make the best choices about what you're going to watch. So help support our weekly episodes here at the pod, our daily posting habits over at the site, and whatever other crazy stuff we come up with in the months ahead by hitting that donate button today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Um, hopeful. For those of you playing along at home, um, you know that sometimes our cats are very involved in the making of the show. And Hammersmith very helpfully uh, broke my mic. We didn't break my mic. There's a stand that my mic sits in with all this rigmarole attached to it. And he broke the thing. He broke one of the strings that holds it together, basically. So I literally just rebuilt it. I hope it still sounds okay. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see after this is over. Um, but yeah, thanks, Hammer. That's okay. Max is still sitting outside my door crying because um, I kicked him out so we could record. And I didn't actually lock the door because I wasn't thinking. And then he opened the door because he can open doors when they're not locked. And so I had to put him back out. And then I had to lock the door. And now he's very mad at me because he can't come back in. And I feel really bad because I love my cat. But also, we need to record an episode of uh, of this podcast. And he can't join in. I'm sorry. Like, I love him, but he cannot join in on this what are we doing today? <laughs> um, we are doing our semi-annual feature thing uh, where we preview what's coming up in ah. the next few months. Uh, this is the fall preview 2023. Dun, dun. All right. Um, well, I mean, there is quite a bit coming this fall. Um, one of the things I know, Honestly, I know it's a bit surprising how many people aren't holding more things because of the strike situation. But uh, eh, I don't know. I mean... Uh, as we are recording this, um, word is is that the WGA and uh, and the Association of Motion Picture and Television Producers have sat back down at the table and are talking again. So I mean, there is hope, but you know, it's not it's not big hope. I mean, honestly, like the the Emmys moved themselves to January. That's where we're at. You know, in 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 our in our in our reality versus hope. Um, but yeah, there is a lot coming, and um. You know, the thing is, is a there's so much coming that PBS is actually like booked up solid on Sundays, starting at the very beginning of September. And this is actually like most of the time, like PBS does not put things up like Labor Day weekend. Like they start after day, they start the week after, like I don't know, normal television used to a long time ago. And it's really cute the way you keep saying things today that imply that something like a fall television calendar still exists. I- 
I know, I know. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away when I was a small child. Um, but now uh, I suppose they've been to reality and the fact that they have six shows for Sunday nights. Um, so we have uh, two sets of three shows to talk about. <laughs> what's hel- What's hilarious, and I'm sure this will explain how... Um, little I will have to contribute in this first segment of the show. I am not recapping anything until 2024. So it's true. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, this is this is definitely Lacey's fall of pain when it comes to uh, PBS. It's, it is. There's nothing. There's literally nothing because it's almost all mysteries. Yeah. Um, Except with one notable exception that we will get to that someone else who is not me covers. Yeah. Um, so we have a basically we have September 3rd, the first Sunday in, November, in, in September. We're getting back Professor T season two, which is uh, the UK version with Ben Miller, followed by Unforgotten season five, which is going to introduce uh, Sinead Keenan as uh, DCI Jess James, who is taking over for the new for the departed Nicola Walker, who uh, whose character DCI Cassie Stewart was killed at the end of season four. And then at 10 o'clock, we have Vandervalk season three, um, which has partly a new cast. Uh, two of the regulars have left and we have two brand new regulars who are joining. Um, it's also going to be slightly different. Usually Vandervalk usually does air in September and it usually airs for three weeks as, you know, feature length mysteries because that's how it airs in the UK. But because it's being paired with Professor T and Unforgotten, they're going to split those three episodes into six 45 minute installments and it's going to air at 10 instead of nine. So for the Vandervalk fans, that's like a big change and you should like note your DVR for like 10 instead of nine. Do people DVR things anymore? Um, Greg does. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, if you if you're a DVR human being, you should reset your DVR. I do. This is a this is a slightly embarrassing admission. The only thing I DVR is stuff that I can't stream when it airs. Like we are currently in the middle of a new season of Big Brother, oh. and the live eviction episodes do not appear on Paramount Plus until the next day, which I just learned to my detriment last week. Um. Yeah. So uh, if you're a DVR person, you should make sure that your Vandervalk uh, recording is set for 10 instead of nine. Um, it should also be set for six weeks instead of three. And it, though I will note that PBS Passport members can watch Vandervalk season three as it was originally intended, starting on the third with all, all six episodes will arrive and you can watch them as three feature length episodes as they were meant to be. Um, and honestly, like you y'all know my feelings about splitting up feature length episodes into six episodes like this so i am of course going to tell everybody that they should just watch it on pbs passport as three episodes um but you know don't tell them i told you that uh i i know that this doesn't have a uh, this doesn't have a lot to interest you um but oh and they and and they got rid of my favorite character Oh yes, they did. Um, so what is there for me here? Nothing. Um, well, no. There's a. There are two new characters who are joining. Yeah, you're, it, she means that. Uh, uh, Job Kluvers. Jeb Kluvers. Job Kluvers. Um, I just call them Kluvers. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce their Dutch business, so I don't try. Uh, okay. I uh, uh, Elliot Barnes Warnell is the is the is the actor. He has left the show along with the dumb but hot um sort of guy who he was always partnered with. Um, DeVries, and instead we have two new characters, um, who are, uh, uh, there's another woman, um, who's joining, and then a guy, um, both of whom are of color, and it's, it, 
it diversifies the team a little bit. It gives us more women. I'm not going to complain until I've seen what happens and, and meet them. Um, but honestly, like I, I, I'm a little concerned about Vanderbilt. I'm concerned about the fact that we are slipping to a five, that we are moving to a six episode to a six week run. And 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 I don't know. I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Uh, I actually, I actually, I. To take it separately from your issue with splitting the episode into mm-hmm. when it's intent- intended to be a full story, I actually think it's a sign of confidence in the show because it means it runs for six weeks instead of three. Hmm. That's true. So from like a from a you know fifty thousand foot like where are we going to program it? Like if if it is doing well enough that they want it to be on for more weeks, I think that's a good sign for the show. I hadn't thought of it that way. I like that, actually. Um, I also do think um, one thing that struck me about the fact that we have these two new characters, even though we're getting rid of Kluvers, who is basically everybody's favorite character. You know, the thing about Kluvers is that he was sort of the the fresh eyes on Vandervalk, who saw how crazy this guy behaved and was sort of like the audience stand in for observing Vandervalk's uh, kind of uh, eccentricity. Eccentric- uh, eccentric behavior and his and the back, fact that he's kind of a jerk and the fact that he's not all that very likable. Um, and I feel like that sort of became lesser as Kluver spent more time with the team. And so even though I'm sorry that that actor is leaving and I'm sorry that character is gone because that character was great. Um, I feel like this might also be like a fresh way to get new eyes um, for the audience to re-see Vandervalk again and as his prickly, really kind of jerk face self. I mean, that implies that I want to learn more about Vandervalk, which I don't. So I, I, I know. there's that. I know. But I do think that, that that reset may also be part of why there's been this cast turnover. That being said, of these three, the one that I'm actually looking forward to is Unforgotten. Let's like not even pretend. Well, you would. I mean, honestly, like Professor T, we already looked at Professor T uh, season one back when it do came we know, out. Do we know if um if they've stopped just carbon copying the the non-English version? Yes. Season two actually stops carbon copying. They even send him to therapy. Um, He's going to get a therapist in season two. Um, and his mom, who's played by Frances de la Tour, who's a fantastic actress, um, will be much more prevalent this season than she was in season one. And I do think that those are good signs um, for the show, that it, that, it, that it feels safe enough to move away from just being a straight remake and that it's leaning into its strengths and that it's going to do something really that no other Professor T show has done and send the guy to therapy where he belongs. But I, you know, I, in every single case with these with these shows by Eagle Eye Drama, the Walter Presents people, where they remake their shows, every single one has been a disappointment so far. And I have not seen a reason to, to think that th- this is going to be any different. Not yet. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it'll air and all of you will write in and tell me, oh, my God, you're missing it. you got to go see it. But honestly, like right now, I am really this is this is the one I'm looking forward to least of the entire list. Wow. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's it's a true. bold statement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and unfor- it also it doesn't help that I have Unforgotten to compare it to, which is, you know, Unforgotten really 
has gotten so much better every single season. Season to season, it improves. And I feel like even though I'm going to be really sorry, I'm really sorry that Nicole Walker left. I really disliked the way they sort of killed her off for no reason at the end of season four. I am looking forward to the conflict that bringing in a new DCI instead of promoting Sunny like they should um, is going to bring to the team. Yeah, I also really wanted them to promote who's the other, the the cool lady that's on their team oh the redhead yeah i love her yeah love her even though i don't remember her name but you guys should be used to that by now yeah i i i thought that they would make a great pair for like the 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 lead and the bag man and instead what they're doing is they're leaving sunny as the bag man which is not okay and i i i i I assume he will be very miffed about this and they're bringing in a completely different energy now that's good in that it'll be like an interesting dynamic um but i'm also justice for sunny (laughs) until further notice um um, and those are going to run for six weeks. And then basically right after that, we have another set of three of Hotel Portofino season two, World on Fire season two, and Annika season two, which are all arriving in mid-October. What's funny is that Annika feels very much like one of these things. It's not like the others in that lineup. Um, I honestly thought that they were going to put Unforgotten and Annika back to back. And I am really surprised that they put Annika, that they basically are having Annika not with Unforgotten. I thought those would make so much sense together. I mean, certainly more than the World War II drama it's now following. <laughs> right? And I mean, two World War II dramas that it's following because Hotel Portofino is also a World War II era drama. I mean, it's a little earlier, but it's it's getting in. It's it's 1930s. It's the same sort of thing. So we have these two like period dramas that are not mysteries that are very much, you know, uh, emotional dramas and and about family and about about corruption and about like uh, uh, the coming war slash the war in progress. And then we have Annika over here and telling trying to figure out how to tell Michael that like Morgan is his daughter. <laughs> Uh, all I got is that's the show where Paul McGann looks hot. I, I mean, I honestly, got. of all the McGanns, Paul is the hottest. I'm sorry, Heidi he really Thomas. has. I know I said this the last time we talked about Annika, but as as a Doctor Who alum, I feel like I have to you know hype him up. But he's just really aged so well. He really has. Um, he is he is the hottest of the McGanns, and I will not be booking arguments at this time. How do you feel about World on Fire returning, though? I am actually really excited. World on Fire is returning. I ended up really loving that show even though i didn't think that i would because yes it's about world war ii and and all the horrors of that but it's really like doing it in a different way i am admittedly a little bit nervous because i mean it's been like four years basically since the first season um three and a half i mean in, I mean in like real world time not in time of the show like no i'm saying three and a half because it's we we're we're, we're three and a half years into this podcast and world on fire debuted when we started this podcast. Well, yeah, but I mean, it didn't air here first. Oh, that's so. true. We didn't. Right. Okay. So it's been four years. Correct. Anyway, my, my larger point is like a lot of time has passed. So a lot of the bigger name actors have, have you know, found other things to do or had conflicts or whatever. So it does not appear that either Sean Bean nor Helen Hunt are part of this second season. Which is really weird because they were like the people. It is really weird. They were like the marquee names mm-hmm. that... that that they used to promote this show. And I'm never going to complain about anything suddenly morphing into a Leslie Manville vehicle, but I really shipped her and Sean Bean on the show. And I'm yeah. really like 
I'm sad. And I don't know how they're going to deal with it. I mean, I guess Helen Hunt's character could have just gone back to America or whatever, but doesn't she have like a son in, in occupied France? Yeah. I, I, it, no, it's a, I believe it's a nephew. I don't know. There's, I don't know how they're going to write them out is more the thing. Yeah. Or are we a, just going to pretend that they're like in the next room for the whole season? I don't know. It's her nephew that's uh, not her son. She doesn't have any children. She's not married. Remember? Um, no, see, you don't remember. So there you no, go. No, because it's been four years. I haven't watched it since then. <laughs> um, instead of Sean Bean being the sort of uh, semi love interest for Leslie Manville, uh, this season is going to basically bring in Mark Bonner as a different character who's going to be her new love interest. No, I, it's really so sad. It's so sad because Mark Bonner is such a good actor and mm-hmm. he does not deserve for me to dislike him because I hated guilt so much, but that is what is happening. And I'm sorry, sir. I hope that this is a bit, um, a moment for us all to forget about Mark Bonner and guilt and appreciate Mark Bonner as hot Scotsman who Leslie Manville is going to fall in love with. Okay. Like that's where I'm, that's where I'm at here. Yeah. That just makes it even weirder. Like where is Sean Bean's character? Uh, he must die. That's just my guess. I haven't seen anything or read anything. So I have no idea if that's true or not, but I feel like maybe he has a heart attack or something. I don't know. Um, I do think it's hilarious that they're not really hyping Jonah Bauer King or whatever the heck his name is. Even oh, though- right, because wasn't he in The Little Mermaid? He was. He was, he was Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid. Well, his character in the show is also terrible. Right. Harry, Henry, Henry. Harry. Harry, whatever. And, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I just think it's very funny that they're hyping Leslie Manville and they're hyping the new additions, but they're not. Oh, and they're hyping um, what's his name? Who uh, the the son Tom, who was uh, who who is oh, now the a one big in the, the in the navy. That one? yes, he's okay. he was he was the big he was the, he's the big evil in House of the Dragon now. He's the he's the evil second son. Oh wait, is he a Targaryen now? Yes, he's a Targaryen. Oh. He's the second son Targaryen. With the eye thing. Yes, with the eye thing. Correct. Right. Um, so he's getting hyped, and yet poor Jonah, not so much. Um, I, I feel a little bad for him. Oh, wait, I realized who else has not been in the cast list is um, Arthur Darville, who I also loved. Arthur Darville is also not listed. I guess he's also going to die. I'm just assuming, I'm assuming the easiest way to get rid of people in the middle of like a war show is they just, they die. I'm assuming <laughs> they're all going to die. It, it's true, and I, I, I don't hate that. Um. How do you feel about Hotel Portofino coming back, though? Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> I don't really know that I have a lot of feelings about Hotel Portofino because I got to be honest, as is my want on the show, I didn't finish season one. I can't believe how I, I think I made it through maybe two episodes, maybe three. It was so boring, like stunningly boring. And I don't know how it was. I don't know how a show that looks that good could be that boring. But I just it is really rare for me not to not to to at least like be a completionist about the period dramas that we air, but I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've noted this before and I will note it again that Hotel Portofino is also an Eagle Eye drama production and it's basically them trying to create a Downton Abbey style uh, original and I don't think it works any better than the Professor T as, a, as an English show. So uh, yeah, I, I just, Eagle Eye drama really is not, it really just keeps whiffing. I don't think they understand. I don't know. Maybe they don't understand. I don't think that they understand what it is people like about the original shows, apparently. I guess not. I don't know. Can't tell you that I'm super pumped about Hotel Portofino because mm-hmm. I don't really plan on watching Hotel Portofino. So, 
I will because I will be uh, I will be editing our I believe we're going to have Amy, um, a brand new person coming in um, who's going to be taking over for Carmen uh, doing recaps for Hotel Portofino season two. And I'm very excited about that. Um, if, if nothing else, I am excited about our new recapper. But speaking of Eagle Eye Drama and Walter Presents, um, we have a couple of different we have a uh, Astrid season two actually coming to broadcast this fall. Um, we have uh, also coming off of PBS Passport and on to broadcast is the Sean Bean Nicola Walker marriage. Those are going to be Thursday debuts. Now, as we've said before, the Thursday debuts are uh, volu- are, are voluntary. Well, PBS is the way the PBS schedule works is that they're not necessary. Although PBS has announced that they will premiere on Thursday nights, that isn't necessarily true depending on what station you watch PBS on. So as always, check your local listings. Yeah. And Seaside Hotel Season 8 is coming. And Seaside Hotel is probably the most popular of the Walter Presents shows. And so I just I just wanted to note that those are coming and that people should keep an eye out for them. Um, Technically, they are Thursday night debuts in a row. Astrid followed by Marriage followed by Seaside Hotel. But as, as, as Lacey says, check your local listings. Also, for the PBS Passport members, um, do note that Doc Martin, the final season, is finally going to be streaming on PBS Passport starting in November. So mark the calendars for that, too. As you can see, it is a long fallow period for me. <laughs> and I am waiting for all creatures to come back in 2024. <laughs> Televisions is produced by WETA, a community-supported PBS station in Washington, D.C., which means so are we. Everything we do is made possible by listeners and readers like you. You're what makes television happen, from our podcast that brings you in-depth conversation about the best of British TV, to our website that reviews the shows across the pond and keeps you up to date with the latest news for Anglophiles. We bring you exclusive content like breaking news about upcoming shows and movies, where your favorite actors will be appearing next, monthly PBS passport listings, roundups of the best British series coming to streaming, and all the news that's fit to digitally print about your favorite shows. Help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears by making a gift at televisions.org support today. All right, so, you know... The thing is, is that there's other stuff that's coming too, not just PBS. So if PBS is disappointing you, you know, there are there are period dramas that are coming to other stations. And honestly, the two that I am looking forward to the most are The Gold and The Buccaneers. I am so excited for I'm actually excited for both of those, but I am just like so stoked for The Buccaneers. I cannot even tell you like um, it's uh, based on Edith Wharton's final unfinished novel. Probably Masterpiece fans remember this because in 1995, I think, um, there was the version with Mira Sorvino. Yes, it had to have been 95 because I was still in high school. Um, so you might remember that this is a you know a property that's been done before. It's also basically the general story of it is Robert and, and Cora from Downton Abbey because this is how their marriage was formed. But it's basically just a story about the women the young daughters of the nouveau riche in america in the 19th in the late 19th century who who were really rich from you know various industries or whatever but they were you know not old money sort of like the gilded age and you know mrs astor's like you know 200 400 or whatever it is mm-hmm. so they basically all go to england to find husbands with titles and the husbands with titles much like robert and down abbey um have these you know, estates and and they're part of the peerage, but they're all broke. So they marry the American girls for their money and the American girls and their families get to suddenly become the aristocracy while using their cash to, you know, bolster up the 
the the Downtons of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about it because, I mean, honestly, this is like, get ready for this to be my whole personality for like a month because <laughs> it's just targeted like a laser at me. But also because this is, um, it's going to be on Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. and it's going to be Apple's first real costume drama. Mm-hmm. They, um, I mean, I guess if you want to get technical, their first period piece was technically like the Essex Serpent, which had Claire Danes and Tom Hiddleston in it because it was set in like 19th century Victorian England. But it wasn't, that's not what, I, that's not what you think of when you think period drama, you think Down Abbey, basically. And this is like their first real, you know, very lavish gowns, outfits, lush houses. Like, I want to see what Apple's money <laughs> does with this genre. Because I'm ready for that. I mean, honestly, like, if there's anyone who can put out another Bridgerton, it's Apple. They have the cash, right? Like, honestly, even more than, like, Amazon. Because Amazon has now tried several times to put out something that is Game of Thrones level with Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time. And we, we've seen what they do with their money. We've never truly seen what Apple can do with their money when it comes to this sort of thing. And I do, I, I am not, I, I would say that you and I are not the only ones who are excited about this. Um, A bunch of my TV critic friends who weren't aware of this got the promotional thing announcing its uh its premiere date in the first pictures and we're all like <gasps> yeah it's premiering it's premiering globally at the beginning of november yes uh november 8th so that is one of my top three most things i'm excited about this fall i mean it, the cast is is all the girls are basically like you know they're they're young actresses who don't have a whole, a whole, whole lot of mm-hmm. you know resume yes. credits i don't think but christina Hendricks from mad men is in it and um i love her so And it looks great. Like, it looks so good. Just the pictures just look so good. Yeah. I I do feel even if this show does not hit the way we want it to or it it fails us, um, I do feel that this is going to be one of those shows that becomes, like, a defining show to bring about the next generation of British actors in the way that, like, sex education has been and the way Heartstopper is doing right now. I think that this is one that could really do that as well. And that's the other reason why I feel like the Buccaneers is one to watch because I want to see where these I want to see what these actors can do. I want to see if they're good and I want to see where they go. Um, The other show uh, is one that is going to be filled with actors that you do know already. And that's The Gold. And The Gold is one that I have been waiting for since it debuted on BBC back in January. And I am so excited to just finally hear. I don't usually love true crime. Oh, no, usually that's my, I am very excited about this because it's a story that I don't know because it's British, but also we should say that this one's interesting because it's going to be on Paramount Plus, which is not necessarily something that I think many of us look to for Anglophile content. I watch it all the time, but that's because I'm a Star Trek person and Big Brother. Listen, a streaming service cannot live on Star Trek and Yellowstone alone, especially when they've given all those streaming rights of Yellowstone to Peacock. Um, And... Paramount Plus last year in summer of of 2022, like went all in on funding international series um, because it realized that it needed more content than just Star Trek and Yellowstone. And this is now the first wave of those shows coming over. There's a bunch of Korean shows that are coming. There's um, there's a Mexican show. There's a couple from South America as well. And then there's these UK shows. And there's like there's a good like lineup of like 10 to 15 UK shows on the docket coming to Paramount Plus over the next two years. And the first one is this one called The Gold. And The Gold is a it's a true crime dramatization of the Brinks Brinks Matt heist of 1983. 
Now, for those who don't know what that is, because I had to go find out what the heck it was, because I don't know my true crime at all. I mean, I don't know this kind of true crime. <laughs> six. Okay. Six losers in the middle of the Thatcher recession um, depression basically went and decided to break into uh, a bank um, by the airport. And they did so assuming that there would be like a million in Spanish pesos. And apparently this was actually something that happened on a regular basis, the way that like people used to hijack flights on a regular basis in the 70s. Um, in the 70s and early 80s, like it was a thing to go and steal a bunch of foreign cur currency and basically launder it by changing it, uh, laundering it at exchanges. And when they got there and they opened the vault, instead of this million in 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 money, they found twenty six million in gold bullion and diamonds, and just just everything. Like they basically they were they 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 found this and they looked at each other and they said, "Well, okay, do we walk away because we were not expecting to steal all this stuff, or do we do it and be legends?" So they did it, and they were legends. <laughs> And the thing is, they got away with it. That's the thing that gets me the most. Spoiler. No, no, no. Like, they'll, they'll all, they all, uh, many of them stood trial. Many of them did time. But the gold was never found. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm the most excited about this because um, Charlotte Spencer is in it. And I love her. It is Hugh Bonneville, uh, Iman, Iman, what's his name? And Charlotte Spencer are the three cops that basically they, uh, the uh, Bonneville and Iman, what's his name, are, are actual like based on the real cops. Please go look up the other actor's name before we get more hate mail about never knowing what people's names are. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, 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 they, they basically, um, the, the, basically, uh, Charlotte Spencer's character is a composite of a bunch of them, but Hugh Bonneville actually plays like the real uh, uh, guy who was in charge of the case, and they basically the the. It's not just them that are in it, though. That's uh, it's not just them that are in it. Like this is a this is such a who's who of like who's going to be in this show. Um, it is a it is a, 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 a hold on. I have the cast list. And I'm scrolling. Um, uh, Pete Dave Peter Davison. Um, from Doctor Who. Uh, Eamon Elliot. That is his last name. Uh, Jack Loudon, who's in Slow Horses. Tom Cullen from Becoming Elizabeth. Uh, Stephanie Martini, who you probably don't remember, was uh, prime suspect Tennyson, the young Tennyson. Oh, right. I think she was also in um, Doctor Thorne. Yes, she was. Who, who who watched Julian Fellows' oeuvre, no matter what. Uh, Dominic Cooper. Uh, Elora Torchia, who was just the... She was the girl on Grantchester that, that Tom didn't marry, that Tom Brittany didn't marry, um, who was the uh, fiancé of uh, the, oh, the... Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, Sean That's Harris. a lot of people. Yeah, Sean Harris and Dorothy Atkinson. Like, this is this is such a huge cast, and it's, it's basically written by the guy... It, it is technically written by the guy who did Guilt, but don't hold it against him. Um, it is directed by one of Endeavor's uh, regular directors. It, it, it looks so good you guys like I, I i want i want this to be good i want to love this and i want this to help paramount plus pull out of a spiral that is not good right now <laughs> i i need my star trek i need my star trek streamer to survive guys let 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 let's hope that it's british fair is good too <laughs> um 
I am apparently more bullish on Paramount Plus ex- Plus's existence than Annie is. But okay. I, 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 I'm um, glad someone is. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I. Those are those are basically the two that those are uh, that one actually debuts at the end of September and it will uh air uh it starts with two episodes and then will air one a week to the end of October. Um. And uh, those are the two that I'm looking forward to the most. Um. But there are other things like I am looking forward to Napoleon, which I didn't expect to be. I am also looking forward to Napoleon, but that is that should not come as a surprise to anyone that I am ready, ready for Napoleon. I mean, it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it. It currently, <laughs> oh, well, it currently, it stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby, who was the first Princess Margaret in the Crown, who is wonderful. Uh, she plays Josephine, but Jodie Comer was originally supposed to be Josephine, and it stabs my heart like a little bit that she's had to she had conflicts or something i think it's because she was doing that play in the west end Mm. but she won a tony when they brought it over here so he got on the way i suppose but i yeah i don't know i'm really excited for napoleon i think that's probably uh, there's you know there's several movies coming but i think of a lot of the oscar baits napoleon is one that i'm super excited for i am not excited for haunting in venice no 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 horrible i think i've seen the trailer for that like in front of I say every movie I've seen this summer. I've seen like two movies this summer, so take that with a grain of salt. And yes, they were Barbie and Oppenheimer, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure that was in front of both of them. And it just like I want Michelle Yeoh, Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh, to thrive in all things. But I am like, get her away from this. I just don't. I don't want it. Keep it. You guys made a movie that had Judy Dench and Olivia Coleman together. Like boring. So true. Um, I am excited about Firebrand. That technically doesn't have a release date in the U.S., but I'm assuming it's coming out at Christmas because it's so clearly Oscar bait. Oh, yeah. Well, we know I'm excited about that one, too. That's also targeted like a laser at me. It's about Catherine Parr, who was the last um, wife of Henry VIII, the one that survived in the divorce beheaded died, divorce beheaded survived. Right. She was awesome. I've talked about her on several other podcasts, including... Most extensively, I think of becoming Elizabeth when we talked about that, but I love her. So yeah, uh, that that one I'm definitely looking forward to, and I really hope that it lands a streamer pretty soon, so that we know where it's coming. Um, you know, the other thing that I think, I, um, oh, Woman in the Wall, um, which is Ruth Ruth Wilson. Oh, we love Ruth Wilson. Um, do you want to talk about this? Woman in the Wall, which for some reason in my brain I keep referring to as Woman in the Well, which is not correct it is woman in the wall so if i call it woman in the well realize that i know i'm wrong um it stars ruth wilson who i will literally watch do anything and it is about a woman it's sort of a gothic vibey kind of thriller which i can take or leave whatever but the basis of it's really interesting because it's about the magdalene laundries in ireland ireland and uh this was a thing in the 18th and actually the 19th and 20th centuries it went all the way into it went all the way to like 2003 or I don't know it was very it was very recent like much more recent than I realized and they were basically like halfway houses for fallen women run by the Catholic Church pretty much and basically it was where unmarried women who had I don't know unwed mothers illegitimate kids prostitutes are making air quotes sexual deviancy which probably you know most of the time meant gay um, were all kind of held there to do some slave labor until they had paid penance for whatever their crime was or given birth to their baby. And the gist of the show is that the 
character at the center of it who's played by Ruth Wilson uh, had a baby at one of these facilities and she doesn't know what happened to it. And it has obviously very deeply and traumatically impacted her life since that happened. So part of this is like her searching for her daughter. Part of this is like there's a weird murder. Um, I don't know. But there's that picture of her lying in front of cows in her nightgown in the road. I don't like the hook of it is enough to get me to check it out because I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be vaguely religious. Yes, it probably is. Sign me up. Um, This is uh, this is actually a Showtime uh, collaboration with, I believe, the BBC. And so it also will be on Paramount Plus since Showtime and Paramount Plus are now together. So this is the second show that we're talking about today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I think that I think they'll probably do it like Yellow Jackets will they will they'll air it. Like if you have Showtime, like the mm-hmm. cable yes. channel Showtime. But if you don't have the cable channel Showtime, you can watch on Paramount Plus. Yeah. That is exactly what they're doing. And uh, so it's going to be one of those things where it's a Friday release on streaming and a Sunday release on broadcast. That sounds right. Um, which is the way that Yellow Jackets works, too. It's um, also so annoying. I know. But... It's Hey, it's it, 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 it's one of the methods of release that seems to have taken that seems to have taken hold and we simply have to live with it. And then the last thing I want to talk about that I am super excited about and I know that Lacey's super excited about is the Doctor Who 60th anniversary. Sorry, I realized that was like a high-pitched noise that only dogs can hear. But like a week ago, they released this um, new issue of Doctor Who magazine with David Tennant like displaying the new Sonic, which I'm not a fan of the new Sonic. I think it looks really weird, but he looks great. The wake, the waistcoat is just really working for me. So I'm excited. Yeah, um, I am. I, I, I am quite excited for the Doctor Who 60th anniversary. I am looking forward to the three episode epic that the that they have planned for us. Um, I am excited that Donna is returning. I, am I mean, ex- all I want, like, there's just like, there's very little that I actually want from this. Like, I don't like the story doesn't super matter to me. I just want justice for Donna Noble <laughs> and David Tennant to do David Tennant things. Like, I'm still very much in, like, a post-Good Omens haze, so I'm very, like, peak David Tennant right now. Um, So it just, he can do whatever, and it'll be fine. But justice for Donna. I'm very excited Russell is back, though. Welcome home. Not only is this justice for Donna, but I really, I'm curious, because um, there's been a couple pictures, and every time I see them, I wonder to myself, is the new Rose Donna's daughter? Um, I feel like that could be possible. I yeah. think that was a theory that I read fairly early on. Um, I, I'd read a lot of it. I I am a person who doesn't mind reading about speculation. I'd read a lot of interesting theories about is she, uh, is she the daughter from Pete's World? Um, which I think would actually also be really cool. But I mm. think I think Occam's Razor says she's probably Donna's daughter because yeah. it's been enough time within it, it's been enough time within the world of the show in addition to uh, here in the real world. True. Um, and honestly, also, Yasmin Finney is uh, one of those that's coming out of Heartstopper, and I'm really excited for to, to see what she can do. I think, is she the first trans actress that uh, Doctor Who has put in, like, a starring role? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, don't quote me on that. I th- My gut response is that is correct, but I could be wrong. I think certainly in, like, a, a role of this size. And then, of course, there's a, you know, at the end of it, we will get Nukutigatwa, who is a coming out of uh, sex education. It's Shudi. It's Shudi Gatwa. Nukutigatwa. Thank you. Um, Shudi. Shudi. Okay. Um, but I I freaking love him. And I think that this is going to be great. And I really, I, I'm very much looking forward to the new 
era of Doctor Who, even though it's on Disney Plus. I know that's very weird to me. Um, but I mean, even though like we're getting the the sixtieth anniversary, uh, nobody's put a date on it. But if you're not betting on somewhere around the twenty third of November, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but um, I still stand by my original prediction that they're going to strip it three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, starting on the anniversary. But anyway, that if I were a person who bet on television air dates, which sounds weird, I would bet on that. Anyway, but the other thing is, is there's a Christmas special too. Yes, that was that was the other thing. Is I was like, don't we also get a Christmas special this year for mm-hmm. for for the holiday season? Ostensibly, according to uh, Russell T. Davies, that will be back on Christmas and not <sighs> and not that weird New Year's thing that Chris Chibnall liked to do for some reason. I, I feel like he did that because uh, Moffat had Christmased out. The uh, the holiday special so much during his run that the only way that Chibnall felt he could be different was to make it a New Year's thing. And I don't think it ever really worked. It did not work because part of the reason you have a Christmas special is so you can Christmas it out. If you just air a random episode on New Year's Day, like, what is that? Nothing. Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, I, I am very much looking forward to the new Doctor Who. I Who's. can't wait. Um, and I think that is basically like the big things that we're excited for. But that's not all that's coming. Uh, yeah, there's so much stuff. Again, I can't believe that there's just things when we're in a strike. Contributions of any size are welcome. And when you make a monthly donation of $5 or an annual gift of $60 to help support televisions, you'll get access to PBS Passport, where you'll be able to stream many of the shows we discussed during the television season and get early access to shows coming later in the year. Televisions the Podcast helps you parse the clutter of the streaming landscape to find the best British series and films heading our way, while our post at Televisions the Website makes sure you know what's coming to PBS Passport and which titles are worth your time in the vast peak TV landscape. Donate now by going to televisions.org slash support. Um, so yeah, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not sure how I feel about, and it's weird how many of those things appear to be on Netflix or appear to be coming to Netflix. One of them is uh, The Wonderful World of Henry Sugar, which I don't... Roald Dahl is... I I love James and the Giant Peach, but that's kind of like my limit with his stuff. And this is a short story, and apparently this thing's only going to be like 34 minutes long or something. It's just... It all seems very strange to me. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, playing Henry Sugar. So it means I have to watch this now, and I don't... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But I guess at the end of the day, it's only like 34 minutes, so I can survive. It's playing the London Film Festival in October. Even though it's only like half an hour? Yeah, even though it's only like half an hour. I don't quite understand it. And then it's going to come to Netflix like right afterwards. Um, I, you know, I, I, the Matilda was really good, but it wasn't technically part of the Dollyverse. It was, it was contracted with Netflix before they bought the rights to the whole Roald Dahl universe. Um, and even though it was basically logoed as if it was part of it, it wasn't necessarily going to be. This is technically the first one that they've made since that deal. I mean, it's Wes Anderson, so it's probably going to be like really arty and weird because yeah. that's his brand. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm just, I don't know how I feel about this either, but I do feel like this more than Matilda will sort of uh, define the the Dollyverse for me. I mean, all I can, I, I don't know that I needed that in the first place, that entire concept. But second, it will, regardless of its quality, hardly be the worst thing I put in my eyeballs for the sake of watching Benedict Cumberbatch be in it. So, that's true. Um, I am also vaguely interested in Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, but that's mostly because it can't be, because it is the prelude to new Wallace and Gromit coming to Netflix in 2024. 
Oh, interesting. I do love the name. I do love the name. I don't think I saw any of the other Chicken Run anything except the original Chicken Run, which is great. Yeah. Uh, this is this is only the second feature film. This is technically the sequel to that original Chicken Run. There were small things that happened in between, but this is the second feature film. Um, I am actually quite, uh, I mean, honestly, the Chicken Run things are so cute. And Wallace and Gromit is like one of those foundational things for me. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I I'm glad Ardman is coming back and I'm glad that Netflix is funding this because it is really expensive to make them. I mean, I imagine. Yeah. It looks like they take forever. Um, I am less certain about Netflix's fair play, even though it's got uh, Phoebe uh, Divnor. It got a lot of, I think it played at, I want to say Sundance. It, it's yes. played at some film festival. I think it's also going to screen at, at the Toronto International Film Festival yes, in it September. Is. And it got rave reviews. I am fairly convinced that it's going to be a good movie it's a it's basically about um a couple who both are like financial analysts for like a hedge fund and they're secretly dating each other and they're they like get engaged but nobody at work knows they're together and then she gets a promotion over him and suddenly it becomes this whole like thing about you know workplace misogyny or or gender roles and and like corporate culture and how and how much harder women have to work for things that men take for granted and all of that stuff. So I think it's probably going to be a pretty interesting story. I don't I don't know how I feel about seeing Daphne Bridgerton like steaming it up with Han Solo. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, and it's not like Daphne Bridgerton didn't steam it up in her own show, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this it's a it's very against type for both of them, which I think can either really work or really bomb. Um, and then, of course, Netflix will have the Great British Baking Show come back that filmed back in the spring. Um, and there's a new host. Matt is leaving. And we have um, uh, somebody who's from the uh, ITV morning show joining with Noel. Uh, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be a new thing. I'm excited to have a little more girl energy in the tent. Really, we needed more girl energy in the tent. And I need somebody who will keep Noel in line. Um, and then, of course, we have Bridgerton season three, which is supposed to come before the end of 2023. And this is crowns- wild speculation. I don't actually I don't know. I think I think a lot of things that don't have dates currently, the strikes are going to factor into because at some point things like Netflix and, and Prime and everything are going to have to start spacing out these big releases because they just like, even if the strikes end right now, they're still in the hole and creating things for further down the road. So I feel confident the crown will come to Netflix before the end of the year. I feel less confident about Bridgerton, maybe for Christmas, maybe for Christmas. They, they, they may push Bridgerton. You are right. But they have said from the beginning of the year that it's part of, that it's a 2023 release. I would not be surprised if it were Christmas. And of those uh, who are affected by the strike, Netflix has the deepest bench because it films everything 18 months in advance. So it is far more strike proof than most. So it may not feel the need to push, especially if the strike ends relatively soon. Um, that being said, you're right. Of the things that that are on this list, Bridgerton is probably the most obvious to push to 2024 if necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, if it were me, I would just hold it for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought it was I doing season two on Valentine's Day was really smart, and I think they should do it again. Yes, absolutely. Um, other things that are coming this this uh, fall that I'm I I know you don't care about, but I do. Uh, Miss Sidhu investigates. 
Uh, this is Mira Sial's uh, new show. She is a. I mean, ba- how many shows do we need? That's like insert here investigates. Okay. What is her? What is her job? What is her other day job? Does she have one? Is she a baker? She is an Indian. Uh, she is an Indian auntie who runs a food, uh, a catering service, and drives a lorry around with her name on it. So. Has a food truck, but solves crimes. So has a has a and she's it, it, this is basically her bringing her brand of Indian comedy to mystery series. She's also, by the way, the wife of Sanjeev Bhaskar, Bhaskar um, from Unforgotten. So basically they have the competing mystery shows airing at the same time in September, which I think is kind of hilarious and adorable. Um, and I hope that they do promotion together. Um, and honestly, I think that might be the thing I want from that more than anything else. Uh, I also welcome to Rexham season two is coming, which is the real life Ted Lasso stuff. I, I don't know about that, guys. I mean, I, I suppose. But I mean, Ryan Reynolds is an acquired taste. <laughs> uh, I did not watch the first season. And if I want to watch a show about soccer, I will watch the first season of Ted Lasso. That's true. Um. I am sort of looking forward to Saltburn, but I don't know enough about it to know if I really I keep hearing people describe it as sort of a modern day bride's head. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's interesting. But and it's Emerald Fennel, who I think is who as an actress, a lot of people know from Call the Midwife or from um, The Crown. She played Camilla. She was uh, mentioned Barbie. She directed um, Promising Young Woman, which was one of my favorite movies that came out in whatever year it came out. in. it was very disturbing. But great. So I think she's a really interesting director. And I I mean, I'm down for modern day Brideshead. That's all I know about it, though. So it could be terrible. It is technically set in 2003. So it is a period piece. 2003 is not. It's being mm. described as a period piece set in 2003, okay. madame. I'm going to walk into the sea. See you guys <laughs> never. <laughs> um, that may be like the biggest thing I have against it is that it is a period piece set in 2003. Um, but everything else about it, like I just need a trailer and like a real plot and like more clues about what it's going to be um, before like I pass judgment. But it is it is opening the London Film Festival in October and we are going to have a review of it because uh, our our intrepid British uh, critic Rory is going and he has promised to write us a piece um let's see other things that are coming uh let's see rogue hero season two is coming uh this is one that's on mgm plus and sort of lost to the world um but it's huge in the uk like huge it is basically stephen knight's follow-up to peaky blinders set in world war ii oh yeah it's very popular i feel like i should watch it just because i i you know support stephen knight but I don't yeah. know. Peak TV is vast. And 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 it's on MGM Plus, which is really like honestly, I need Amazon to promote the heck out of Rogue Heroes so that it kind of gets somewhere. Because right now I feel like when I talk about it, people are like, What? Where? Huh? MGM Plus, what's that? And that's really frustrating. Um speaking of uh uh streaming services that only people like us have heard of. Box. I love Britbox. Don't don't be mad at me for saying that. Uh, Britbox is going to have Three Little Birds, which is the Lenny Henry penned. Uh, it's sort of based on his uh, on on the life is of of his mother or his grandmother. I forget which. Um, and it's basically about their uh, their uh, uh, immigration to the UK as part of their wind rush wind rush generation. 
Um, and I am actually quite excited for that. That has uh, three British actresses who ha- uh, who are basically newcomers in the same way that the Buccaneers is a bunch of newcomers. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping Three Little Birds does really well in the UK. Um, and so that it can get some play over here because otherwise it's going to be lost on BritBox and that's sad. Agreed. Um, you, I, I know that you wrote about the couple next door. Oh, mostly because it's hot people being hot. I, actually, <laughs> I think, I think it's another like weird domestic thriller if memory serves. I barely remember it, but it's, um, uh, Sam Tewin, who's the hot guy from Outlander and, uh, Eleanor Tomlinson. Hot girl from Poldark. Yeah, and it's coming to stars because apparently they are the same human cha- channel or something. Um, I, it I, I really ha- like, yeah, <laughs> they it, really are. It, it doesn't have a premiere date for the U.S. It's coming to the U.K. at the beginning of September, I believe. Um, but I would not be surprised if the couple next door gets scheduled to basically follow Men in Kilts when that ends at the end of September. I know they got a. It's a long time before Outlander comes back, so they got some space to fill. <laughs> they really do. Um. And uh, yeah, I think that is a. I think that's mostly what we have to talk about um, for this this season. I mean, honestly, like oh, other than um, I, I will I will stump for this, even though I know that it is technically not British enough to be part of our wheelhouse. Wheel of Time season two ah. is uh, it, it starts September first, guys. Listen, I know. All right. I know. We have had this conversation. Lacey and I have had the conversation about what constitutes British television. And one day we will have it on this podcast for all of you. Um, Wheel of Time does not technically fall enough within our purview for us to cover more than as a curiosity. Um, But I really like what they're doing with it. I mean, for what it's worth, I like it. Yeah. I I really like the way they are condensing and streamlining the book's I mean, it's just such a smart way to deal with this 14-tome saga um, and make it digestible and understandable and really, like, really do show the whole world of the books in a much, much better way than the books did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I want to stump for that, even though it technically doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, it's good. That's... <laughs> What I can tell you. <laughs> um, other than that, anything else that you can think of, Lazy? Any final thoughts? Oh, I know the minute we stop recording, there'll be there'll be something that I've forgotten. But I feel like we've given you a good uh, place to start for sorting out your fall schedule. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll keep you posted as things shake out schedule-wise towards the end of the year. And we'll be back to talk about the stuff that we really liked in 2023 more towards christmas at some point ta-da that is our fall 2023 preview because somehow we have reached that point in the year already i don't know how um march of time march of time right it's just time as a construct um tell the people my dear where you live on the interwebs um, I live on the interwebs at Addie Bundle anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you can basically find me on any streaming, on any social media service other than Facebook where I miss any bundle. Um, and you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats being fuzzy on Instagram. Also at Annie Bundle. I am the associate editor here at Televisions and I freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just basically come find me on social media and scroll through the cat pictures until you find a link. Uh, huzzah. 
I am Lacey MB on Twitter and all other Twitter clones and social media websites. Uh, my brand is my brand, so come and be my friend. Hear me yell about many things, post some cat photos, and just basically, like, I'm still reeling my feelings about Good Omens, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but it's that's where I'm at, so just a fair warning. Uh, if you just want the site and the pod, they are on social media at Telly underscore visions on twitter and televisions blog all one word on facebook if you like what we do you can visit us at televisions.org for more news recaps listicles general thinky thoughts about anything having to do with british tv and i don't know give us some clicks be nice to us we try really hard she said looking sad uh, <laughs> there's also a big old donate button up top that you can click if you are so inclined and help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears thanks for listening everybody it is i don't know time marches on the year is marching on tv is marching on if you have something that uh you think we should cover that we missed in this episode or just haven't heard about that is coming in the next few months we are always on the hunt for that stuff email us at televisions at weta.org that is our show thanks for listening take care of yourselves take care of each other pet a cat it's good for your blood pressure and we'll see you next week